Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Yes, yes, y'all, from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show where one of us is wearing full sleeves. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook! Take that, Zuckerberg. On YouTube or oh. on Twitch or what? Oh, I, it's wanting me to print a graphic. I'm not trying to print oh. something. I'm just trying to or download I a graphic. There, I meant, I'm sorry, we were celebrating a woman. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Still. Like, Zuckerberg's revenge! Yeah, no, still. Take that, Zuck. Or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. To support your local mediocre internet show now into its seventh year of mediocrity. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle, just flexing on them boulder shoulders. Yeah, that's me. Got my broad, buff boulder shoulders. Just saying. You don't need to flex on us that hard. Yeah, well, you know. Today is Thursday, October 21st, 2021. Ooh, it's 10 21 Some numbers are the same. Uh, it is 35 days till Thanksgiving, okay? Ooh, that's, Guys, we're in the final hey, week. Let's talk about this, okay? Let's take a moment. Five weeks from today, best day of the year. Mm-hmm. Do what you need to do to, to get prepare, prepared, to get ready. Okay, five weeks. Now you should. I'm. I'm. I'm speaking as somebody who wants you to have a great Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You, the person hearing my voice, I want you to have a great Thanksgiving. Now is the time to start coming up with your plans. Mm-hmm. Now is the time to start figuring out turkeys. Time to start figuring out fixins. All those things. Do your part. Okay. Yep. Don't get caught napping. No. I've already ordered mine. Smart lady. Uh, happy birthday to Ken Watanabe. Uh, Ken Watanabe, of course, was in Letters from Iwo Jima and The Last Samurai, but you would also know him from Memoirs of a Geisha, from Batman Begins, from Inception, and most importantly, from the most important film of 2019. That's right. Happy birthday to Ken Watanabe from Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> Shout out to you, Ken. You were great. Really appreciated your work. It's episode 1,266. On today's show, guys, we're going to tell you how to spend your entire weekend on the couch watching football from the comfort of your own home. It might get chilly. It might get down to like 65. That's parka weather for pickle. 
So we will tell you how to spend the entire weekend on your couch watching football across the state. Then we'll have my picks, the picks, my high school football predictions for week nine of the Texas high school football season. We'll round it all out by taking a look at the college football weekend by answering some burning questions. Ask, really asking and then discussing. We'll answer them on Tuesday. You know what I mean. Anyway, we'll have that. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Jeremy Meredith, Ed McElroy, Coach Terry Crawford, and Tony Blaylock. Also want to give a quick shout Terry out. Crawford on a on, heater. Yeah, he really is. On YouTube, Josh Wilkinson. Uh-huh. Big game this week against Coolidge. Josh Wilkinson is watching from Hawaii. Oh! How cool is that? Boy, is it like two in the morning there? Uh, six hours difference. Is it six? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Or five? It's maybe it's five. It's boy, you're up early. Like thanks. I should not be telling people that you're weird for watching. Oh, <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for watching wherever you're watching us from. Whether you're watching us from Abbott, Texas, or or from Hawaii. They honestly look the same. Or you, from space. You space. We're trying to go to space. Hmm? That's our big ask for the Christmas party. Can we go to space? Can we have our Christmas party in space. <laughs> Pickle! Let's talk about what you're doing this weekend. What are you doing this weekend? We're working on the butt groove. That's right. This week, we need you to sit on your couch. Mm-hmm. For America. For Amer- for science. For science. Everything for we do is for science on this show. We need you to sit on your couch and spend the whole weekend watching football. And yes. we're going to tell you how to do that. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you how to do that, what to watch, especially on Texan Live, uh, but also on other networks across the nation. We need you. We are going to tell you what to watch. Here's your viewing guide, your butt groove guide for week nine. We're going to start tonight, and tonight is Thursday. Dateline. I'm going to start on Texan Live. few games I want you to keep an eye on on Texan Live. The big one kicks off at seven. Mm-hmm. That is Katie Pato and Fort Penn Hightower. This game is at uh, Road Stadium. Big time game on Texan Live. Uh, our own Chase Snyder is on the call. That game is going to be a banger. Uh, Fort Penn Hightower, I think, is really dangerous. This is, according to my dumb calculation, um, that is not what I wanted. Um, according to my dumb calculation, this is one of the very best games in the state. Mm-hmm. In fact, according you know I do the, my own little... In, in internal proprietary formula for science uh, for science this is apparently of the 659 games this week this is the fourth best game in the state we got on live on texan live That's uh, awesome. katie pato and four pin hightower very excited to see uh, we're pretty high on pato oh yeah we think that they're for real we think they're legit mm-hmm. i also think hightower is really good yep. and i think that this is going to be a really fun matchup between two teams that uh have a lot to prove uh in this game so i am very excited about that uh, I also want to direct you to um, at six o'clock, and it, this is the same thing we run into in Katie a couple of times. Uh, Katie Maid Creek is playing. Uh, uh, Katie Maid Creek is playing Katie Morton Ranch. Okay, um, this is for Morton Ranch. They're on their last legs. They really got to start. They, this is a must-win game from for Morton Ranch. Mm-hmm. They can't slip up here uh, if they want to try to squeeze into the playoffs in these final couple of weeks. So uh, keep an eye on that one, Maid Creek, um, and and that kicks off at six o'clock. The other game I want to tell you about. Let me make sure I'm not giving you a dud. Um, I don't know how folks feel about Tomball Memorial. Tomball Memorial is uh, there. I think they're better than the record indicates at two and five, mm-hmm. but. 
uh, they still have a, a bit of an uphill climb. If they're going to start getting into it, they need to get a win tonight over Klein Forest. That's a big win, a big game to to see if they can kind of dig themselves out of the ditch that they've they've uh, they've given their given themselves if they're going to find a way into the playoffs. So those would be two couple of games that I want to recommend to you tonight on Texan Live. Oh wait, hold on, I lied. I got to tell you to do one other thing. Okay, so we're working on the assumption you have three screens, right? Compu- uh, TV. Computer, phone. If you don't, if you have more than those, the Venmo is Greg Dodge Tepper. Um, there's a game tonight in the college ranks. Do you know this? Do you hear about this, Kev? There's a Thursday game. Six thirty p.m. tonight on the Hilltop. Ah. As number twenty-one SMU hosts Tulane. Um, don't screw this up, SMU. No. You're better than Tulane. Yeah. You're at home. You're coming off a of bye week. Don't screw this up. They shouldn't screw this up. I was going to say, don't screw don't it up. Go into another long weekend. I don't That's, think they're going to screw this up. up. But keep an eye on it. Kicks off at 6.30 on ESPN. Um, I I am not Sonny Dykes. I'm not Sonny Dykes. That is a factually a fact. true Everyone statement. Everyone knows that. Yeah. I've been saying it for years. I'm not Sonny mm-hmm. Dykes. And I'm not Rashad Samples, the assistant head coach of, of um Okay, so that one, that one surprised okay. me. I'm also not Rashad Samples. Okay. I bet both those guys hate this. I'll tell you why. For what reason? Because I think they want to be at high school games. And yeah. They'd rather be on. A, if you want to talk oh, yeah. about, if you, I think, if you want to talk about a staff that most especially hates playing like on Thursdays and Fridays, mm-hmm. even though the AAC does this all the time. Yeah, for coverage reasons. I bet Rashad Samples and Sonny Dykes hate this, but they got to do it because you got to pay the bills, right? Uh, anyway, Tulane and SMU tonight, six thirty p.m. Friday! Dateline! Thank you, Pickle. Jeez, Sorry. sleep at the wheel. <laughs> sleep at the wheel. Um, six o'clock on Texan Live. Uh, I want you to watch uh, Katie Cinco Ranch and Katie Taylor. Now, Katie Taylor's having a disappointing season. And they are, that's a here. big reason why... Uh, Katie, Taylor be, uh, Katie Taylor is a big reason why... Um, you know, like things got kind of screwed up in mm-hmm. District 196A. Why Morton Ranch is paying or uh, playing but for it's, their But it's like why, like, it's, you know, be, now it's going to end up being about the same, but we thought that that, that basically solidified that Katie was going to go, um, going to go to the D2 bracket mm-hmm. um, because Taylor is going to, is going to drop out. Right. But. Cinco's got to be playing for third at this point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now Cinco, Cinco kind of in the same way we were talking about with Morton Ranch. This is a this is a game where for Cinco you cannot slip up. Mm-mm. You cannot slip up. This goes hand in hand with that game. Oh, jeez. This goes hand in hand with that game that we were talking about with Morton Ranch and Maid Creek mm-hmm. on t- uh, tonight. So that's important tonight. Real big district implications there. Things really get cooking at seven o'clock. Yes. Things really get cooking at seven o'clock. We got a bunch, of, a buttload of games. That's a scientific term. A buttload of games. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do. I want you to watch North Shore and C.E. King. Okay, I like it. Uh, this is C.E. King last week against Tascosita. They they took their first loss of the year. Can they bounce back against a North Shore team that I feel like we haven't paid enough attention to, but they are really starting to get it humming, especially mm-hmm. offensively. Um, very excited about that. But well, North and Shore, then the following week they have mm-hmm. a Tascosita, so that's mm-hmm. this. You need to close this mm-hmm. one before you head into that next one. Mm-hmm. That's at seven o'clock. I also want you. 
to keep an eye on in that same district. We've been talking a lot about 196A, but mm-hmm. it's a really important week. Tompkins and Seven Lakes. Now, I don't expect Seven Lakes to win this game, but if they do, then they're feel they're. I mean, they already feel really good. Mm-hmm. This would be like icing on the cake. This would be that buffer win that they would really need. So keep an eye on that one. Um, I also want you. What do you want? Uh, the next one I really want is 7.30. So well, there's I'll a couple. Here's the thing. That's yeah. at 7. I'm going to exit 7 o'clock now. I'm going to go to 7.30 because there's yeah. a couple. There's a couple that I want you to watch. Crosby like, and P&G. Boy, there's, like th- there's like three. Yeah. I want you to watch Crosby and P&G. Okay. I want you to watch... Uh, the game I'll be at. Hironimo Navarro and Wimberly. <laughs> yep. Right? See you there, And Jared. I also want you to watch Lake Travis and Austin Bowie. Now, I think Lake Travis is going to win that game. Mm-hmm. But... Keep an eye on because Bowie is Bowie's the third place team in that in that state. Yeah. Those are two playoff teams going at it there in that one. I would also recommend you mentioned Crosby PNG. That's a great game. If you are into this kind of thing, Maybank and Chapel Hill. This is desperation time for Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. This is like a must-win game, and this Which is a we didn't better, think at this, this point. A, yeah, no, they were number five in the state. Yeah, this is a must-win game for Chapel Hill, and Maybank is better. Maybank is is clearly. Almost drastically improved. Yeah. So that's a game to keep an eye on. So look, there's a huge slate of games. I also want you to go WFAA.com. Our friends over there are going to have uh, Duncanville and Cedar Hill. Mm -hmm. Now, Duncanville is going to win that game. But it is the first ever football game to be played at the GILF, at Globe Life Field. Um, So... I want you to watch that game on WFA.com as well. A bunch of different places you can go. Uh, and I believe CW33.com is going to have uh, – this is yeah, this is tonight. I believe they got South Lake Carroll and, and Eaton. They do, yeah. Let's get my friend Chris Mikoski, uh, the sideline reporter on that one. So that would be a game I certainly mm-hmm. want to keep an eye on as well. Okay. I just gave you a lot. Also, yeah, I was going to say, another game that I don't, I don't know if there's a stream of it, but San Marcos playing tonight, um, that with true. their win – Last week, oh. that kind of uh, oh, San Marcos del they Valley. Can, they San can Marcus, creep up. San Marcos del Valley. We'll is have highlights of an, it on uh, Bally. Yes. It's an extremely important game. Mm-hmm. Extremely important game. Suddenly, yeah. So uh, that's one. So if there's a stream, drop it in the in, in, in the uh, the Facebook comments. Saturday Dateline. Okay, it's big week of uh, big week of uh, of college football. So we're going to start there. Um, if you are into this. Uh, we do have a we have a nooner and a one on um, Texan Live on Texan Live, um, Ridgepoint and and Four Pen Elkins. I cannot in good conscience recommend that you watch it, but if you want to watch Four Pen Ridgepoint, who I think is a really good team, you can watch that. For Bridgeland, Bridgeland plays Cy Springs, and kind of the same situation. A lot of that comes down to whether or not Connor Wigman plays. Um, I don't think he will. I don't. I anticipate they're probably this is probably a get right game where mm-hmm. they're like give them a week off and stuff. They should beat Cy Springs, so I can't necessarily recommend that game, but. Those are on Texan Live. 11 a.m., uh, Kansas State goes to Texas Tech in an extremely important game that we will talk about with Ishmael Johnson coming up here in a moment. 1 o'clock on ESPN Plus, get the wallet out. Texas State is at Georgia State. Uh, 2.30, Rice is at UAB. Sad. Uh, 3 p.m., speaking of sad, Liberty is at North Texas. <laughs> extremely sad. Also at 3 o'clock, much better game. East Carolina, who's better than you may realize East Carolina's at Houston. That game's on ESPNU. Five, uh, we'll talk about that. 5 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Midwestern State's at Tarleton in an interesting D1 versus D2 mm, game. Like that. Um, we'll talk about that coming up here in, in a little bit. 6 o'clock. The night slate's a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, There's three college football games that kick off between 6 and 6.30. 
I want you to watch UTSA and Louisiana Tech because yes. UTSA that's a that's a real important game for them to go on the road to I think a desperate Louisiana Tech team. Yeah, and make sure you. Yeah, you, they're hoping that that's an upset. Game make sure. For them. Yeah, yeah, uh, they can make their year if yep. they can. They can ruin UTSA season. So keep an eye on that one. That game's on Stadium. Um, TCU hosts West Virginia in a really weird game. That's always a weird game. Um, 6.30 p.m. Saturday. That's at Amon Carter. Um, and then uh, A&M is playing South Carolina. A&M's going to murder South Carolina. South Carolina is V-bad, so don't watch that. But Saturday on Texan Live, you can keep an eye on, did you know that Houston Stratford is undefeated? Houston Stratford is undefeated, and they've got a huge game this week against Cy Creek. And Massive game. What uh, does huge games call for? H- big-time broadcasters. Big-time broadcasters. we got Gavin Moritz and Matt Stepp on the call. Let's go. Texan Live. So make sure you watch that. Uh, Beaumont Westbrook plays uh, Umble Summer Creek. Chase Snyder's on the call on that one. Mm-hmm. That game's going to be interesting as well. And then I will also throw you over to Langham Creek and Cy Ranch. Yep. Interesting game. Cy Ranch. Is there a look-ahead thing? Because next week they get Cy Park. Is there any sort of look-ahead? Langham Creek still kind of clawing for a playoff spot. Uh, Michael Silvers and Brent Hallmark are going to have the call. You're probably going to have your eye on that game, aren't you? I'll probably get some eyes because I'm going to have to do a little bit of scouting. Mm -hmm. So I'll be calling uh, Cy Ranch next week. So that is how you can spend your whole weekend sitting on the couch. But groove. We're at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Pickle. Talk about our friends, the North Texas Honda Dealers. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has, has partnered with the North Texas Honda Dealers to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Texas is fortunate to have so many great individuals that give back to their communities in so many different ways. Thanks to the support of the helpful North Texas Honda Dealers, we have the opportunity to shine a light on a few very deserving individuals. Out at Paris High School, home of the Wildcats, we want to thank, we want to give congratulations to Stephen and Terry Lee Walker, uh, the recipients of the North Texas Honda Dealers Community Helper Award. Thank you for being helpful in the community. Uh, we are proud to partner with North Texas Honda Dealers who help us shine a light on very deserving individuals who give back to their communities in special ways. Thanks to Stephen and Terry Lee Walker. Congratulations. Thank you for being helpful in the community. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. You know who will be in attendance for, for that game, presenting that award? Uh, I'm going to guess... Um, Former Texas Rangers outfielder David DeLucci. Or, mm. let me one-up you here, Malpal. Wow, even better. Yeah. I and think I love David DeLucci. Yeah. I think wow. she's delivering pumpkins or something. So, yeah. Very Big cool. doings there in Paris, Big Texas tomorrow. Little Paris. You know, they got a little Eiffel Tower. They, mm-hmm. they do. I've passed by That's it. That's great. <laughs> one other thing to do, Pickle. Takis is the presenting sponsor of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award, spotlighting influential kids looking to pursue a career focused on the social, environmental, and economic well-being of our future. This week's spotlight game features the Coppell Cowboys, C-O-C-O-P-C-O-P-P-E-L-L, taking on the Louisville Fighting Farmers, and we are uh, are are honored uh, to uh, spotlight a pair of sustainability champions with the Sustainability Champions Award. From Coppell, it's Adarash Pulisiri is uh, from Coppell High School. Uh, congratulations to Adarash uh, for, uh, the, for the award, as well as Elizabeth Soto-Noriega 
over at Louisville High School. Uh, they are the recipients of the Takis Sustainability Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Pickle, week nine of the Texas high school football season kicks off in about five and a half hours. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. And there are games this week. Lots of them, this. actually. Yeah. This, is, this is news. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I have made the bold decision mm-hmm. to predict some of these games. Yeah, look at you. Some of the biggest games in the state. Wow, courage. Here's the picks for week nine of the Texas high school football season. You're on Texas football today. It's a three-week sprint to the Texas high school football playoffs with playoff positioning on the line. These are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guide to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to week nine of the 2021 Texas high school football season. And things are starting to get a little tight. We are actually, at this moment, halfway through the 2021 Texas high school football season. We are as close to the beginning of the season as we are to AT&T Stadium and the state championship game. So, yeah. A lot on the line, right? Teams are starting to punch their tickets. Teams are trying to get that top seed. And teams, let's be honest, starting to think about blowing up basketballs. Huge games everywhere you look across the state. We start in Lubbock. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Eagle Field in Lubbock. It is a battle of unbeatens in the 3A ranks as the Abernathy Antelopes take on the Lubbock Roosevelt Eagles. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, the best defense in Texas. I am not just blowing smoke. Lubbock Roosevelt has statistically the best Defense in Texas. They've given up 14 points in seven games. Yeah. Two of those points are on a safety. So they've only, defense really only given up 12 points on the season. It's been absolutely outrageous with Jamal Riggins and JJ Diaz. They have absolutely lit up teams defensively. Offense been pretty good as well, but the defense, my goodness, for Coach Matt Landers' squad. So can anyone find a way through the best defense in Texas? Key number two, the Antelope's offensive evolution. So let's flash back to 2019, right? That was the last year for head coach Daryl Daly there at Abernathy, and they ran the ball 72% of the time. Now, part of it is that they had one of the best running quarterbacks in the state in Bryson Daly, as evidenced by the fact that he is now playing at Army. They run the triple option. Now, flash forward to 2021. This is the second year for coach Justin Wiley, and they're running the ball only about 50% of the time. And the real reason why is quarterback Jess Hole, who has stepped up in a big way. He has really given this offense life. And what I really like about what Coach Justin Wiley and that staff is doing is they're fitting the scheme to the personnel. You've got great wide receivers like Anthony White, and of course you've got a quarterback who can sling it. So, so far, Abernathy's offense has been absolutely outstanding, and the evolution has not hit any sort of snag. Can that continue in this battle of unbeatens? And key number three, Roosevelt's big test. Let's address the elephant in the room in this one. Abernathy is 7-0. Lubbock Roosevelt is 7-0. These are probably not the same kind of 7-0. Lubbock Roosevelt's opponents this year are combined 20-32 and 32 on the year. In fact, according to the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Computer, out of 105 teams in 3A Division II, their strength of schedule ranks 88th. So, yeah, you beat the teams that are in front of you. They have no reason to apologize for being 7-0. But make no mistake, Abernathy is the biggest test that Lubbock Roosevelt has had this year. So, can they pass it? Who am I picking? 
I'm going with Abernathy. The more battle-tested team gets the nod here, not only because they've run through a tougher schedule to this point, but also because I think that the defense has been underrated. Uh, I think Jess Hole and the offense get a lot of the, the attention, but the defense for the Antelopes has been outstanding, as evidenced by their win last week over Idaloo. Now, look, for Lubbock Roosevelt, keep doing what you're doing. Okay? They have absolutely dominated everyone in their, in their way because of their defense and that flex bone offense with Alex Trevino and Nate Gensler Jr. Keep that going. Keep the ball away from Abernathy, and they have an outstanding shot of winning this game and really setting themselves up to win a district championship. But for now, i got to go with the team that's walked the tougher path. That's Abernathy. Give me antelopes. 7 o'clock Friday night at Hufford Field in Coleman. It's a District 4-2A Division I showdown between the Coleman Blue Cats and the Cisco Lobos. Coleman, I think flying under the radar a little bit, but despite being undefeated, the running game with Jaden Jackson has been excellent. The defense is really leading the way. This Coleman Blue Cats team, I think, is serious business. How serious are they? Let's find out this week against a bona fide Region 1 contender in Cisco. Quarterback Hunter Long has really, really grown up in a huge way at the quarterback spot, leading this running-based attack, and I think that they have eyes set on Arlington. Now, for Coleman, I think the defense has got to lead the way, find a way to get some stops, but for now, I like the Lobos. Give me Cisco. Let's go back up to 3A, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Eagle Stadium in Gilmer as the West Rusk Raiders take on the Harmony Eagles. This is a true strength-on-strength strength matchup here. It's West Rusk's offense led by quarterback Andon Mata, which is right now the 11th best scoring offense in 3A Division II, going up against this Harmony defense, which is the 6th best scoring defense in 3A Division II, led by defensive back Kyle Bell. That's going to be the showcase matchup, but where West Rusk, I think, has the advantage is on the other side, where their defense has been pretty darn good, going up against a Harmony offense that can be explosive, but I think is pretty young, right? Filled with sophomores. I think Harmony's offense may be a year away from being something special. For now, I give West Rusk the very slight edge. Let's go to 5A, 7 o'clock Friday night at Leopard Stadium in Lucas. It's the other matchup of unbeatens in the UIL ranks this week. As the Frisco Raccoons visit the Lovejoy Leopards in a top 10 matchup and talk about a stylistic clash. For Frisco, this is a wing T offense. They do throw the ball a fair amount with Brandon Miyazano, their quarterback, but, but make no mistake, this is a run-based team led by Bradford Martin. That offense feeds their defense, keeps their defense fresh. That's what makes this such a dangerous team. It's why, in my opinion, they are underrated. Going up against Lovejoy, and they're just going to let it rip. Quarterback Alexander Franklin has been fantastic. Wide receiver Jackson Lavender is one of the very best in the DFW Metroplex. And I think the real underrated part of Lovejoy is their defense, which I think has taken on some really challenging offenses and come out on top. I think that this is a game that's going to be dictated by pace. Uh, can Frisco go on long, sustained drives, keep the ball away from Lovejoy? That's the real key in this one. A lower-scoring game benefits Frisco, but I think Lovejoy's offense may be just a little bit too much. Give me the Leopards. 7 o'clock Thursday night at Northwest ISD Stadium in Justin. It is a big-time 6A clash between the South Lake Carroll Dragons and the Northwest Eaton Eagles. Let's talk a little bit about South Lake Carroll for a minute. It's been steady as she goes for Riley Dodge's Dragons. And let's talk for a moment about the underrated parts of this team. For all we talk about new quarterback Caden Anderson, big-time wide receiver R.J. Maryland, I think it's been running back Owen Allen and that defense that have really led the way for the Dragons. They are quite impressive. 
On the other side, for Eaton, they're looking for the first district title in their program's young history, and they look really solid. Tyler Fussell, their quarterback, has been great. I really like this running back, J.B. Brown. I think he gives them a little bit of edge. He runs a little bit angry. And their defense has been pretty solid, but is the defense up for this type of challenge that they're going to get from South Lake Carroll? I think this game's going to be really close. Maybe the biggest in-district challenge that South Lake's had in a little bit of a while, but I do like the Dragons to come away with a win. And 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Cougar Stadium in China Spring. It's a matchup in the 4A ranks as the China Spring Cougars take on the Salado Eagles in a matchup of two of maybe the most underrated teams in the state, in my opinion. I like both these teams a lot. Salado has two losses on the year, but they're two good losses. And since then, they have gotten humming with that slot T offense led by Aiden Wilson and Adam Benavides. And that slot T offense keeps their defense fresh, and you can see their defense has really grown as the season has gone on. Now you go up against China Spring, right? Quarterback Major Bowden, I think, is a bona fide superstar, one of the most dangerous runners in the state at the quarterback position. And here's where China Spring has the advantage. Their defense is pretty good all around, but led by Dawson X-Line up front, they are especially good at stopping the run. That's going to give them the advantage in this game. I think China Spring wins it. But those are far from the only big games in week nine of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. I like Katie Pato over Fort Bend Hightower. El Dorado takes down Cristobal in a close one. And I like Lake Travis over Austin Bowie. I'm going with Wimberley over Geronimo Navarro. Pflugerville Weiss takes down Maynard. And I like Cuero over Navasota. I like Burton over Granger. Give me Port Lavaca Calhoun to take down Corpus Christi Miller. And Refurio stays perfect with a win over Three Rivers. Out east, I like Mount Vernon over Winsboro. Way out west, I like El Paso Del Valle over El Paso El Dorado. And somewhere in the middle, I suppose, I like Highland Park over Tyler. I like Poteet over Marion. Give me Port Arthur Memorial to take down Baytown Lee. And I'm going with Crosby to take down Port Natchez Groves. Big matchup in Houston ISD. I like Houston Lamar over Houston Westside. Give me Stratford to take down Groover. And I like Galena Park North Shore over Houston C.E. King. Big games out west. I like Canadian over Friona. Give me Midland Legacy to take down rival Midland. And I like Wellington to get by Clarendon. Kilgore beats Henderson. Carthage takes down Rusk. And I like Canyon to beat Pampa. Give me Mercedes over Mission Vets. Give me McAllen Memorial over Brownsville Vets. And San Antonio Alamo Heights keeps rolling with a win over Bernie Champion. Hallsville over Yoakum, Buta Johnson over Seguin, and I like Childress to take down Tulia. Give me Tejanus over Bruni, give me Eagle Pass to take down Laredo United South, and I think Lorena keeps rolling with a win over Cameron Yo. I like Crawford over Bosqueville, and Paris over Kaufman. Seymour takes down Quanta in our six-man game of the week. I like Sterling City over Westbrook. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Also on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell, and of course see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week nine of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. There it is, the picks. My high school football predictions for week nine. 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 The Texas nine. high school football season. Thank you. Numbers are hard. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm ready for the playoffs because mm-hmm. then it's easy. It's like yeah. it's by district, area, regional semifinals, regional names. final. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Semifinals. Well, and college football's the week behind, oh. but then our rankings are oh. for the week ahead. Yeah. So. Let's get even worse. The NFL is two weeks, weeks behind, behind yeah. so it's all. Anyway, we're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in Lone Star State. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the socials. Do we have a TikTok still? Yes. Have we done anything with that lately? Uh, that's a Mal Pal question. We should TikTok it. Anyway, Ishmael Johnson's here. Hi, Ish. Hi.
we are going to talk about some burning questions for week eight of the, of the Texas college football season. Of course, listen to Republic of Football, which is the best college football podcast in Texas. That's a, yeah. yeah. I feel good about that. Sure. Name like another it. college football podcast in Texas better than Republic of Football. You can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, listen to Republic of Football with Mike Craven, uh, Ishmael Johnson, and uh, Mallory Hartley. We've got some questions to answer this week. Pickle, where are we starting? Let's start off with tonight, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. The Green Wave coming to take on number 21 SMU. And is the Mustangs' pass defense their Achilles Hill? Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. I think this team is overall pretty solid in every aspect except the secondary. Yeah. That they're, the secondary has struggled, and that's going to be a big Big question for them kind of down the stretch as they try to finish off, you know, an undefeated season, try to win an American Athletic Conference championship, this, that, and the other. It's going to come down to that pass defense. Here's the good news this week. They don't have to worry about it. Ain't going to matter. Ain't going to matter. <laughs> Tulane is an extremely mediocre passing team. If they get lit up by Tulane, then it's like it goes from Achilles heel, uh-oh, make sure you don't get beat by it, to sure. like sirens going off. This shouldn't be an right. issue for them. But, you know, if you're talking about weaknesses, this is certainly the weakness. Yeah, I think you look at what happened against North Texas, uh, you know, in that, I believe in the first half where it was mm -hmm. kind of back and forth, and it was their pass defense that was kind of giving up the big plays and kind of letting North Texas hang around. And so it's been I – was, I was wondering if that was kind of an aberration if maybe North Texas was figuring things out, that's clearly not the case. It's clearly a weak point for them. But like you said, even, even a good two-lane team isn't really going to throw the ball that much anyway, right? They're going to be doing that variation of the option. And so, uh, yeah, at least for one week, they can kind of worry about patching it up. I will just say, if they give a 400 yards passing to Tulane, we got it, problems. Is, yeah. it is time to, <laughs> to reevaluate this question right. and the entire team. What's next, Pickle? Up next, let's head over to the Big 12. Kansas State at Texas Tech, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Is this Tech's last and uh, best chance <laughs> to get bowl eligible? And the heads are shaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm trying to think of their remaining schedule. I know they still have to play Oklahoma. Yes. I know they have to, still have to play Oklahoma State. State. Uh, I still State. have to play Baylor. Oh, jeez. Still yeah. have to play Baylor. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, I'm going to say yes. I, I mean, I don't want to, and this, let's put it this way. I'm comfortable saying that this is the last time they're going to be favored this year. Yes. Okay. Uh, at home well, against. Even, even, even with that, what's a, what's a game that you think they could. It's got to play Iowa State, yeah. What, yeah, what's it's, a game? It's Oklahoma, even, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Yeah. So, yeah, so name a game in there where you even like. Could pull that one at this point. Name again. I mean, the second the second most winnable game for that is probably Iowa State, which yeah. is where is that? Is that in Ames? Uh, no, it's in Lubbock. Is that Lubbock? Okay, that's probably their second most winnable game. And Iowa State is not lunch me. Yeah. Like they've got a couple of losses, and maybe they're disappointing to to some mm -hmm. segment of the population. But like this is it. Yeah. And I don't want to say. I mean. Look, we've talked a lot about Matt Wells being on the hot seat. If they don't go bowl eligible, I think he's done. If, if, certainly if they don't make a bowl, it's easy for, for them to cut bait. I mean, honestly, even if they make a bowl, it's yeah. still going to be a go that's, question. That's not a guarantee. Yeah. But if he wants, he absolutely, I think it's fair to say, if he wants to have any hope of keeping his job past this year, yes. he's got to be bowl eligible. And doesn't that make this kind of a must-win game then? Yeah, Because a less. pretty mediocre Kansas State team. Mm -hmm. This is a mediocre, is, the offense is not very good. Their defense is fine, probably the best part of them. But like, yeah, yeah. this is a Kansas State team that's eminently beatable. You get them in Lubbock, you gotta win. I just think you gotta win this game. 100%. I think, I think you gotta win this game. This is, this is as, as close to must-win for Matt Wells as it gets. Yeah. What's next, Pickle? Up next, Texas State, 10 and a half 
point underdogs at Georgia State 1 p.m. on a Saturday. And here's the thing, Spavadol not recruiting any high school football players. Are you ready to declare Spavadol's 2021 recruiting plan? I've got the tee up. I've got the tee up and I put the ball on here. And uh, Ishmael, if you just want to swing. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I, I don't, so I could go in, uh, on hours, as you know. <laughs> yeah, on I know. Wind up toy. <laughs> so I had initially bought in to the idea of it because one of the coaches that Spavadol coached under was Sonny Dykes and Cal. We saw what Sonny Dykes did at SMU. Transfers everywhere. I think he had the benefit of having somebody like Shane Bichelle, who was a transfer, but people looked at him like a high school product because he obviously did play high school football. I, fair or unfair, I think there were there were people looking at Spavadol's strategy with less of a lens than that. I do think he did get high school players like DeMarquise Hayes from La Vega, Brady McBride from Coppell, but in the big overall landscape, it was looked at as he's not getting high school kids. Long story short, it hasn't worked out. Mm-hmm. And for all indications I'm getting is they might have to do that again because they're in a position to where they need to they need to still win and you you're not going to win instantly if you just go get a bunch of freshmen and so I think that that's kind of the the the, the vicious cycle if you if this messes up right is you got to keep trying to catch up uh, with Sonny Dykes he was able to do it one year win and then influx high school talent because he was able to build that uh, foundation early on it's a win now risk right, right? right it's like we're going to we are going to uh, kind of leverage some of our long-term plans for mm-hmm. the short term. Mm-hmm. And if it works, then those long-term plans, you adjust them a little mm-hmm. bit, but they come back into focus right. pretty quickly. All of a that's, sudden, all that's of obviously sudden, what's happened with SMU. Yes, all of a sudden, SMU is the cool DFW school that wins nine, 10 games, and all of a sudden, everybody wants to go there. Mm-hmm. Texas State was gonna was positioning itself to try and be that. Oh, cool, they won uh, eight, seven, eight, nine games. High school kids start to go there hasn't happened they're recruiting well, i should say this they're recruiting high school kids they're sending offers mm-hmm. but it's the momentum's not there for where they're going to swing kids that maybe just want what want to go to utsa or maybe mm-hmm. want to go up the road to baylor or things like that and you know you can't get those pulls that you maybe could get if you were more competitive yep sorry jake spavitol i wanted to believe i, I wanted about, to believe no no 100 like jake spavitol, jake spavitol is a, like again talking with him at coaching school talking with him on the side like he's a really cool guy he's he genuinely Genuine. It's not a cynical thing where a lot of people said like, oh, this is something where he's trying to win now and get out, right? Yeah. That is not the case. He genuinely wants to help that program win. I genuinely believe that. It just hasn't worked. Yeah. And he came into this job expecting to win, and it has not materialized. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's disappointing for sure for a lot of different reasons. And yes. now the, the, the problem is that if the risk doesn't pay off, you're in a rut, and you got to find a way to get out of there, and it's going to be it's going to be a tough road to hoe for, yeah. for Texas State. What's next, Pickle? Up next, let's head over to some Conference USA action. For Rice. now. Yeah, for now. Rice at UAB, 2.30 p.m. on oh, no. Saturday, and Rice obviously a big underdog heading into this one. Is Rice's offense doomed in 2021, or can they ditch themselves, dig themselves out of a ditch? Rather? So the, the real question early in the year mm-hmm. was going to be, it was like, okay, Rice kind of struggled a little bit offensively out of the gate, and you're thinking, okay, new quarterback, still figuring things out, that's fine. I guess really the question is, has enough time elapsed and have we seen enough data to suggest that it's just not going to happen this year yeah. and they just don't have the guys? We thought we saw some flashes from Jake Constantine. It just has not materialized. Obviously, last week against UTSA, UTSA is a good team. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about them in a moment. But just the offense cratered. It was, it was, it was miserable. Um, I, I am, I'm ready to declare that this is, at best, a bad offense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm, I'm, pre I'm, I'm prepared to believe that they are not dreadful mm. if they want to kind of figure things out down the stretch, which they did last year too, remember? Sure, sure. They figured out things like late in the year. If they can do that, then maybe, maybe they can go from dreadful to bad, but right now they're off. I think as a team, they've overall regressed. Yeah. And I think that losses last week, 45 nothing. it was 45, right? Mm -hmm. um, 45 nothing to UTSA in year four under Mike Bloomgren shouldn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. I think no matter how good UTSA is, I don't think 45 nothing against a conference USA foe should be on the cards if you're in year four. And offense is supposed to be his thing. Obviously, it's tough taking bringing this kind of offense to Texas where, you know, there's not many high school kids that run it, run this pro-style scheme. He's bringing that Stanford brand over. That's hard to do, but you should have some semblance of what you're trying to do. And for a long time, it was just, even heading into this year somewhat, it's still like if the defense falls off a cliff, they have no chance. Yes. And when the defense fell off a cliff last week, there's no chance to respond. And so I think, again, in year four of doing this, you should start. we should start to be seeing some type of consistency. And I just don't see it. 100% agree. And I mean, how crazy is, I mean, you know, UTEP doesn't play this week. How crazy is it to think that UTEP, UTEP might be like a double digit. I was about to say that twenty three. That yeah. might be in you. That minus twenty three might be UTEP. I mean, it's crazy to think that. Yeah, wild. Anyway, what's next, pickle? Up next, we're going to stick with uh, for now Conference USA action. Liberty at North Texas, three p.m. on Saturday in Denton. And uh, let's think positive. What does North Texas do well right now? Um, join the Athletic American Conference or the American. Uh, they position themselves in DFW very well. They they have DeAndre Torrey. They have DeAndre Torrey. They have DeAndre Torrey. Um, they try hard. Mm -hmm. No, they don't. Oh, okay. Well, That's... I don't know if I'm willing to say they're quitting, but I I, I think they I, they they funnel uh, graduates to DCTF well. Yes. Yeah. Come. <laughs> um, Dude, they're lifeless on that sideline. I don't even. I don't even know if they you could put have, effort or culture uh, into something that they do well right they now. They have an awesome stadium. They do. They do have an awesome, a good stadium. They have an awesome indoor facility. Indo awesome indoor facility. They're going to get just Malik annihilated. Malik, it's Will Willis. Or Willis. Willis. Malik Willis. Um, he has struggled the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. He's. I think he was the super hot name in like the Heisman, like like first four weeks, like the super hot name in the Heisman right. race. He's regressed a little bit. He's got real loose with the football. Basically, he's throwing a hey, bunch of interceptions. Three picks last yeah, week. Yeah, he's throwing mm -hmm. a bunch of interceptions. Um, this feels like a get-right game, yeah. uh, especially after they lost last week. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like this is this is not going to go well. And and um, what's next, Pepper? <laughs> yep, let's move I'm, on. North North Tech, I'm sorry to interrupt. North Texas, I think of any program in the state makes me the most sad. Yes. Because we know where the ceiling is. Mm -hmm. We know how good this program can be. I mean, it's starting to look like, based on the trajectory of where things have gone, it's starting to look like, you know, the, that staff lucked out with a good quarterback and three NFL caliber wide receivers. Mm -hmm. You know, you had Guyton, Bussey, and uh, Darden. Mm -hmm. And like, they haven't replaced any of that. They haven't replaced Mason Fine. They've and recruited running backs well, but they and they're recruiting well, but they're not developing. Like 247 isn't blowing smoke up their butt when no. they're putting number one in Conference USA recruiting. Those are good classes. They're yeah. just not And that's what's so frustrating because McCarty did the same thing. They won the Heart of Dallas Bowl and then two Ooh. years later it was just all hell broke loose and, and they're doing it. Why can't they keep something consistent going well, in this hot spot of a recruiting? Let's also let's also call a spade a spade. <laughs> They've recruited well, 
offensively. Sure. Sure. Our defense has been sure. defensively. Defensively, they've been really reliant on a lot of on transfers mm-hmm. to step up and take like really important roles. Mm-hmm. That's not saying I'm a transfer coming. I mean, Jalen Guyton was a transfer, right? Right. You know, but like they have defensively, they have not brought in and developed impact defenders. Like mm-hmm. that's just the name of the game, and that's and that is coming to fore this year. There was a uh, there was a, a message forum post from. Uh, Matthew Bruni on the Mean Green 247 page that really put everything in perspective. He, he broke down every wide receiver recruited since 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. There's none of them that are contributors this year. The reason why is because the Deontay Simpson stuff came out, yeah. and so he was part of that. And so, like, he was, it was just like a list of like transferred, redshirted, injured, blah blah blah. And it's just like there's no. I'm, I'm willing to concede that they've had some rough luck with with injuries. Sure, but like that, it it doesn't excuse what we're seeing right now. This is a this Lifeless. is it, just it's like that. SMU's SMU's recruiting hot right now. TCU's it's, kind of going down. They're vulnerable. You should yeah. be able to recruit, uh, pull some people Win away from them potentially. From there, yeah. So I don't it's know. Just, it's disappointing. Yeah. All right. What's next, Pickle? <laughs> that was a lot. I feel, yeah, I feel, you feel, feel better? Feel, feel, I, I needed to get, get that, that out. I needed to get that out, yeah. <laughs> um, East Carolina at Houston, 3 p.m. on Saturday. You can watch that on ESPNU. Has Houston quietly emerged as the best college football team in Texas? I don't know if I go that far, mm-hmm. but what I will say is, remember after week one, when they coughed up the lead to Texas Tech and we were ready to fine it, fire Dana Holgerson. We Holgerson's. buried him. <laughs> yeah. No, the, uh, we thought it was done. We thought it was over. And now... If you play that game again, I mean, Houston's probably... And now... Probably, probably a touchdown favorite. And the other thing is, think about how we were like, man, Matt Wells probably saved his job and Dana Holgerson probably cost himself his job. <laughs> what dummies we look like. <laughs> now it's completely flipped, right? Um, they have... And I think a lot of it is that they have developed a running game. Alton McCaskill has yeah. stepped up in a big way. Mm-hmm. They're not asking Clayton Toon to throw the ball 60 times a game, mm-hmm. which is not his game. He's got like, when he throws 35 times a game, perfect. That's mm-hmm. what, he, what you need. Um, they've got some receivers that have emerged. The offensive line's played well, and the defense has started to make plays. I was about to say, the defense has been the calling card. Mm-hmm. They're not letting teams get in the game at all. And so when you're still trying to figure things out on offense and you kind of have an identity now with Alton McCaskill and you have Clayton Toon kind of providing a balance, your defense just needs to it, when your when your defense is putting you in position and not have to be aggressive and make you know make mistakes because Clayton Tun's still de- dealing with that hamstring injury I believe um, I think Dana Holgerson said it would be something that he's just kind of mm-hmm. dealing with all all season. Your de- if your defense I believe I'm trying to think about the defenses that are like rated around the same like you're looking at like the only teams being better as far as the whole season concerned is like Georgia yeah right they're like top. 8-10-ish in basically that, every metric. That front seven is yeah. ferocious. Yeah. And we no. just didn't see that coming. No, and from it's a like, Dana Holgerson team, absolutely I know. not. That's, and that's not a Dana Holgerson calling card. It's no. like great front sevens. But their right. front seven has been one of the very best in the nation. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and it might be a, a product of their schedule. Uh, I think, yeah. you know, we talked about it heading into the year. It was like, man, you know, they could be kind of mediocre and still pump out nine wins. And that might be the case. But at that point, you, what do you grade them on other than wins? Yeah, like, you are what your record says you are. And, right. and at that point, if they are 9-3, they finish 9-3. And yeah, they're tough a test head. East Carolina, by the way, it's not lunch meat. That's a decent East Carolina team. This would be a good win if they can get it at home. Yeah. Uh, they still got SMU. They still got Memphis. They still got a few other things. Although Memphis, and we'll see. That, I'm telling you, this SMU game is going to be insanely telling. Yes. It, for it, both. It, it may be, and it, yeah. you know, it may be for the at least for a spot of the AAC championship. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be fun. What's next, Pickle? 
Up next, let's head over to our small school game of the week here. Midwestern State at Tarleton, 5 p.m. on a Saturday. What can we learn from this WAC versus Lone Star Conference match? Yeah, it's strange. It's a bit of a homecoming here for Tarleton, and it may actually be their homecoming game, uh, but they are playing a, a, an old foe from the Lone Star Conference from before when they made the move up to Division I. Um, I think you can learn a lot about how Midwestern State kind of measures up. Tarleton State's going to be the favorite in this game for obvious reasons. They're bigger than them. They're at home, et cetera, et cetera. But I think if Midwestern State can hang in this one, I think that they are they they are close to the as close to a front runner in the Lone Star Conference as we have right now. Um, if they can hang in this one, I think we'll learn a lot about the Mustangs. I, I think Bill Maskell's squad is underdogs, but I do think that Tarleton State is 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 looking to make some noise in the WAC. If you want to do that, you go out there and you you get an emphatic win over a team that you're straight up bigger than, and and it should be should be a, a resounding win for Tarleton. But the 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 margins here, I think, are really good. Well, work. and with I mean, uh, Commerce announcing that they're going D1 to mm -hmm. get an, an old foe here that's D1. That's puffing your chest for the Stangs mm -hmm. if they can go out there and get that one. Absolutely, especially you know who knows. I don't know what Midwestern State's plans are. I don't know if they're planning on following Commerce or. If but it adds yet. a good resume to it. But certainly, this would this would be one <laughs> of those hurt. markers you could put down. What's next, Pickle? Up next, let's go back to Conference USA. The nationally ranked number 24 UTSA Roadrunners taking on Louisiana Tech 6 p.m. in Ruston. Sincere McCormick over under on 125 and a half rushing yards. This is tough. Um, he hasn't been doing it. I'm, I'm about to say, I'm going to go under uh, because yeah. the, I don't. They've found a way to be more balanced mm -hmm. because I think Frank. I think one of the most underrated stories in the state has been how Frank Harris has developed from he's taking that step. Yeah, he's he's been that guy, and and there's there's definitely like a story here about how he's he came in as one of the faces of that early recruiting class for Frank Wilson, and kind of lingered as the guy, and kind of you know uh, got benched a little bit last year. I know he's there when you need him. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He's there when you need him. He, you could see little wrinkles of why. Uh, Jeff Trailer liked him early on mm -hmm. last year, but you know injuries and then performance just kind of yo-yoed him around. And then this year, you know the Western Kentucky game, they had, they needed him to be the guy, and he came out and threw for basically matched Bailey Zappi throw for throw. Mm -hmm. uh, they've only had to use Frank uh, uh, Sincere McCormick, I should say, against Memphis, mm -hmm. which was the game that they just basically handed him 30 yeah. plus carries, and they've really and Illinois too, yeah, yeah and Illinois that's too. the other one, and everything else has just been kind of measured, and mm -hmm. so I think that they're I don't know if they're saving him or if they realize that they don't need to ride him because he's been such a focal point the past couple of years. I, I'm going to go under because I think they're winning games without him being the, the bell cow. I also think Louisiana Tech's defense uh, is probably going to load up to stop the run, and they're going to mm -hmm. try to make Frank Harris uh, you know, kind of beat him. They're susceptible in the past. Um, they are certainly susceptible in the past. I think you saw that last week a little bit against UTEP. Um, figures to be a fun game. Really important for UTSA not to stub their toe here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, We're now like thinking big picture, big, big picture stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. um, this is one of those classic games where you've got a desperate La Tech team um, at home in Ruston, taking you know, and, and you can make you can make their season if you if you let them beat you. You yeah. know what I mean? So, uh, especially now being nationally ranked, watch out for this one, UTSA. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, don't stub your toe. What's next, pickle? Up next, let's head to the SEC. South Carolina at number 17, Texas A&M, and we'll test your uh, your knowledge here on football history. Did you know that Texas A&M and South Carolina have a traveling rivalry trophy? Do you know that? Ish? I did not. Uh, I've, I've written it down here um, because I wouldn't remember it. It's the Bonham <laughs> Trophy. Sure. Uh, it's named after James Bonham, who I believe was a South Carolinian. Who Not John Bonham, the, the drummer. From, never mind. All right. <laughs> no, go on. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> There's some. Now with the music history classic lesson, ro is classic rock Johnson. fans that'll appreciate that. Um, anyway. uh, James Bonham 
<laughs> fought at the Alamo. He's a yeah. South Carolinian who fought at the Alamo. So they have the Bonham Trophy. Do you remember that? It was uh, in 2013. It was created by then Governor Nikki Haley and then Governor Rick Perry. Um, sure. There you go. Uh, South Carolina is very bad. Um, A&M is going to come home and they're going to beat the tar out of them. With the trophy. Win the with trophy. The, no, with keep the, the trophy. Keep the they're trophy. They're going to beat them with the trophy. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking I of, don't, speaking yeah. of irrelevant trophies, did you know the... This is more of a Reddit thing, but did you know college football has a a, a cat team trophy? If when two cat teams face each other, what? It's called the what's the the Thundercat uh, sort of the Enders or was oh my sort God. of the something. But uh, basically, <laughs> what this is a long about? this is a small tangent. But uh, <laughs> uh, college football Reddit uh, calculated every time a cat team played each other in college football history. So like Mizzou versus Kentucky, right? And right. it's like Wildcats, Bobcats, whatever. And I think last one, last time we kept track of it was 2016 when Texas State played Southern South Alabama, the uh, Jaguars versus Bobcats, and they calculated at the time that uh, you take the trophy by beating another cat team. Uh. And so at, I think 2016 was the last time a somebody who held the trophy faced another cat team. And so I think South Alabama had, no, I think Houston has it because mm-hmm. Texas State won that game and then Houston beat Texas State like the next year. So, so that's a long tangent, but did, college football has a lot of irrelevant trophies. What, you, can tell we're, we're, you can tell we're ignoring this game because right. AM, uh, South Carolina is very bad. Yeah, no. They're very bad. Right. Um, this feels like a get right game. Somebody look up the Thundercat sword because that's yeah, his name. That's good. Um, <laughs> it, it just struck me. Texas has more bird mascots than cat mascots. Bobcats I mean, and cougars. I mean, does Mean Green count? Are you counting Mean Green? I am. Yeah. Okay. They're the eagles, eagles the roadrunners, and owls. Yeah, that's interesting. They're, they're, we're weird. Mm. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. What's next? Makes you think. It does make the you think. I don't know what it makes you think about. Sword of the end. Is it? What's it? Sword of Odom? Sword of, yeah, sword, or, swords. O- omens? Omens. Omens. Sword there of Omens. That's what it's called. Sword of Omens, yes. Li- I don't know This is Lino? Lino, yeah. Sword so pickle. of Pickle, don't, you, don't you know Thundercats? A&M no. fans are coming here asking for deep analysis on Gamecocks versus Aggies. And, and we're, we're giving like, them Sword of the Omens. We're giving, we're giving them Thundercat references. Uh, this is the type of show you Pickle, go watch for. Thundercats this weekend. Anyway. Don't you think Facebook's so glad they let us back on? <laughs> And finally, Pickle. Finally. <laughs> We're going to head back to the Big 12 here. West Virginia at TCU, 6.30 p.m. at the Carter. What is the key for TCU beating West Virginia on Saturday night? Don't let a trash offense beat you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't. I mean, I, I want to say that, but, I mean, they're playing, you know, that, that trash offense is playing a trash defense. That's, that's, what's, that's what's so frustrating. Yeah. Because here's, here's the funny thing about TCU. Mm-hmm. Funny is the wrong word. Strange thing. Mm-hmm. This is maybe, aside from the Trevon Boykin years, this mm-hmm. is maybe the best offense Gary Patterson's had at TCU. Maybe. I, I'd put it at least equal with the uh, Kenny Hillier. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. It's, yeah. Equal, yeah. it's equal to Kenny Hillier. Still, one of the best one he's had since then easily, which we're going on about five, four, yeah, five years. Can. And yet, this is, I think, pretty clearly the be- the worst defense he's ever had. Mm-hmm. The, the Gary Patterson, the mastermind of defense, it's like we they can't put it all together. And it's so frustrating. They're patching things together in the secondary. They look a little bit better. Front seven's yeah. still a mess. Um, it's going to be a mess all year. It's going to be a mess you all year. You can't fix that. And, I th- yeah, I don't know. This one is going to be, like, if they... I feel like they're going to need to kind of control the clock because West Virginia has a good quarterback, right? They have... They have 
players. Just, they just haven't put it together kind of similarly in a way where you expect Neil Brown to have a good offense. You expect uh, They haven't, mm -hmm. just like you expect Gary Patterson to have a good defense, and they haven't. But I think, I think West Virginia has shown the ability to kind of keep things interesting, especially in Morgantown, especially when they, uh, they played Tech. They kept things really close mm -hmm. kind of late. This is a game where I think if TCU can get on them early, yes. I think they're in good position because I think that they have the running game and the depth to kind of just salt this game away. I don't think West Virginia. I don't want Max Duggan chasing this game late. Bingo. Yeah. West Virginia is not built to chase. Yeah. And I think these are two, two teams, both of which, that are probably not built to chase. Sure. They're both built to play from ahead. TCU's offense and the way that that team is constructed is get up 14-0 and then trade scores the rest of the way. Sure. Right? That's basically the name of the game. And, and lean on Zach Evans to, to, to and, you know, and Kendra Miller. I don't know what Zach Evans' status is this week. Right. Uh, Kendra Miller and all that, that stable of Mark running backs. Foster came back into the right. backfield last, last run, week. Run, so. run, 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 run. And, and that's going to be – I think the first quarter is going to be extremely telling about this game. So if you – and just – don't let a trash offense beat you. Mm -hmm. Like, don't give up 38 to West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Just don't. Mm -hmm. Don't do it, TCU. <laughs> those are college football burning questions. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle from America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, there was a question in the comments asking when... Is it about the sort of omens? God, oh my God. Get I want to call... I want to apologize to all Aggies who came here Get looking for, for deep analysis on, on the game they're going to win. The game they're going to win by 40. They, they were asking about when we plan on hosting the Balloon World Cup in the DCTS yes. studios. Yeah, if you, I, I tweeted that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, of course, balloon, the balloon game, uh, which I think everybody knows. I think it's literally just called the balloon game, right? Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Right. You take a balloon that's not fully blown up, right. but it still has some buoyancy to it. Yeah. And you knock it up in the air, and then you got to knock it up in the air, and whoever whoever is unable to, to return serve, mm -hmm. um, they they lose, the point at least. Um, everyone's played that in their living room. That is apparently a real sport, and um, and there's like a World Cup about yeah. it. Uh, I tweeted, I, the best part about that video that you tweeted is that it's not like an arena, it's just like a mock setup of a living room. It is, like, it's, <laughs> it's, a, but it's a mock setup of a living room with like a, with like a car in it, right? Yeah. right. And like it looks like a, you could film it in an IKEA. Yeah, <laughs> they had like a bunch of different things in there that were obviously like sponsored, right? right? There's there's probably like a like I don't know like if if uh, you know if if our friends at the North Texas Honda dealers were to sponsor it, there would be like a big Honda in there, right. or if like you know if our friends <laughs> so at, if our friends at Takis were to sponsor, there would be like a big bag of Takis <laughs> that like you can hit off of it and stuff yeah. like that. It is a so yeah, I would be very interested. That maybe an off season project is sure. to play uh, play a little maybe here in the studio. Get an you SQT, clear out all the SQT here in the studio. Yeah, SQT. We got glass windows here. We can do yeah. the, the camera. Thing. We can work on that. We'll work on that. I think it would be fun. Yeah. Anything else? No. That's okay. It. You're out tomorrow, right? I am out tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be uh, you and Step. Mailbag with Step and I tomorrow. If you want to be a part of that. Uh, Ish, thanks for your time. Thank you. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Ishmael Johnson and Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, it's over there. Please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for Mailback Friday. Texas Football Today. Thundercats, ho. <laughs>